This is NLBP TV video podcast. I am Camille Miller, your host and founder of the Natural Life Business Partnership. This video podcast is dedicated to supporting the holistic entrepreneur who is passionate about their business and living an authentic lifestyle. Tune in as we interview members, healers, inspiring business leaders, authors, and change makers in the alternative health and wellness arena. Let's get started. All right, hello everyone. I am Camille Miller, the founder of the Natural Life Business Partnership, and you are on NLBP TV doing a member spotlight today with Lee Gabarzik of Long Valley, New Jersey with Soulful Mandela's. Correct. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. So um, you have such interesting work, and I want you to first tell us um, about the Mandela's or d- define what a Mandela is for the people that may be listening. Some people are listening, some people are watching us on YouTube. Okay. Um, so you can't show it, but explain what it is. Um, and then we'll talk about your journey getting there because you have such an interesting story. Great. Uh, well, thank you. So, so uh, a mandala is really the Sanskrit word for circle. And their purpose is really as a form of meditation. So people would, um, in the process of looking at them, it's a way of creating a neutral thought or a thought that is more positive to redirect consciousness in such a way that allows for a more favorable mindset to kind of address, in some of the mandalas, the, their potency is reflected in their sublime way of addressing core negative beliefs by reframing them into some positive thing. For example, a mandala might use some kind of um, trinity symbol for a person who may have had some issue in some of their background connected to their faith and their religion, Mm -hmm. and then reframes it in such a way that they can see the good of it that was there for them without having to go back to that. In other words, it's it's kind of like... um, you know, I turn it around and turn it upside down. It's a way of reinventing how it is that we see ourselves in a more favorable way. Excellent. So, uh, and they're beautiful art pieces. So the people that are listening can't really see them, but uh, Lee carries around a beautiful binder of all of his awesome work. And they're not necessarily just prints. Um, I've seen you show us in, um, in wood. You're thinking jewelry now. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Glass, you've talked about all different mediums mm-hmm. people can get them in too, and every single one is very specifically made for each person. Yes, yeah, they're very, very personal. And um, the way that they work, and as far as like how I connect with other people, I'll meet with somebody or I'll have some sense of them, maybe I know them already. And we'll have a kind of a conversation where I'll outline, you know, this is some of the things that I'm noticing. These are some of the symbols that keep coming up for me. Is this relevant? You know, and then I just make sure that I'm on track. In some cases, what is particularly interesting is they come in dreams, uh, particularly in the early morning, uh, right before I wake up. And then what I do is I just have a pad there and I start sketching them out. As I then sketch them out, they start making more and more and more sense. And uh, then uh, when I go and actually present it to people, what I'm shocked by is how uh, a person who may have forgotten something about themselves will say, oh yeah, you know, when I was a kid, I did this, or my family's background is this. And And I'll think, wow, that is just so fascinating. So how that intuitive process works is so beyond me. I don't understand it. I don't know if I'm even meant to understand it, but that's where the connection to people's um, individuality, you know, their unique self 
really, really sings. So tell me from the beginning, take us a little bit through your journey of how did you discover this gift? And oh. at what point that you were able to do it? And, and I guess my follow-up question would be is when you discovered it, did you even know what it was? Well, I really did know what it was, and I, and I, if you had uh, told me that I would be doing this, I would have thought you were out of your mind. Um, Understood. <laughs> I mean, it's so, I hear that a lot in our world. <laughs> I mean, it's so crazy how, uh, you know, how it came into being. I really am sort of the reluctant psychic, you know. Like, okay. uh, so when I was very, very young, I had abilities. Um, I remember being, you know, in situations where I would see auras, auras around uh, like the priest when they would be communicating mm -hmm. uh, information. I would watch them shift and change. And, um, uh, there were some other people in my life who could see them too. Right. And, you know, and then in my family, my, both of my grandmothers were intuitives, but they didn't know quite how to deal with it. And, you know, it's kind of, it's one of those things where it doesn't quite fit for some people and their dogma. It's just like, you know, is that okay? Can I do that? Is, Am I getting weird here? Is this dangerous? You know, so there's a lot of stuff that was sort of bad. And my father is also very, very gifted. And one of the problems, one of the challenges about intuition is it's not that you get to see all the beautiful things that happen. You also get to see the dark things that happen. And in my case with my father, he predicted his brother's and his father's death accurately and with great detail, which he occurred to him in a dream. And then at that point he stopped dreaming. This is not unusual with people. Oh. Uh, my mother has a strong uh, intuitive abilities too, but in her, her mother, who was really, really gifted, this was seen again as kind of dangerous. So it really wasn't supported externally. We knew it was going on, but it wasn't something that was really supported. And I always kind of thought that you know, like, what is this thing? It doesn't fit in any kind of box. It doesn't really. So I was just doing traditional sort of design work, working for agencies, et cetera. And, you know, I, 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 I had done readings back in, 19, in the 80s. I was told that I was gifted, that I had this capacity to be a channel. I was told this by some very successful people. I was told this by Dorothy Allison, who was a very uh, celebrated psychic in Bergen County. Mm -hmm. I was told this by many, many people. And I just, just, Again, I didn't feel ready. I didn't know what to do with it, et cetera. So I had this company, things were going well. I was dating somebody and all of this stuff happening and it all blew up. <clears throat> and it just kind of, you know, life steps in when, when I'm not going the direction that really serves me, life puts into play a um, challenge. A roller coaster. A roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. a roller coaster. Let's take it for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was terrifying. Um, so I lost a lot of things. It, it had a really bad consequence to my uh, psyche in the sense of I was depressed. Um, and actually, one of the people who really helped me through that time um, died uh, right before I first was generating some of the artwork. And that person may actually have some influence because they said that they would really support me. So I, I wonder because, and I, I only say this is, the very first vision that I have, and, and when I say vision, it's not like I'm seeing burning bushes, you know, or like lightning bolts are coming down from the sky. It just occurs in my field of view in this top right, I kind of get an image and sometimes fuzzy, sometimes more, sometimes more crisp. And I had just left this man's uh, wake. 
And I was working on a design. A woman had wanted me to come up with a design for a piece of jewelry. And it had a lot of like symbolic meaning to it, which was like pre-mandala. And the ant, and it was very abstract what she wanted. And I thought, how am I gonna do this? And I got the image and I got it right after I left his, his, his uh, wake. And I thought, <laughs> that's interesting. So um, I, I thought well, there's something in this. And I, I just couldn't put, put together what it was. <clears throat> so um, I went and I, I, I met a friend um, uh, and she had had a party. Her name is Robin Lennon, <clears throat> excuse me. And Robin has a lot of people that she knows, and she's very, very uh, outgoing. And she had brought in uh, one of one of her parties. There's this guy, um, uh, Bill Bradley. Bill Bradley's a practicing medium. He's up in Lake Apacong. He does really well. And I had rendered for him because in 1988 was my very, very first experience of a mandala. At that time, I had a lucid dream about an image. And that image is really my mandala. Actually, it's mine and I share it with a very close friend. But that image was so vivid in my memory. It was so, it's such a lucid dream. It was so intense. And I know people, it was like being in a, in a real, it's like I was awake in some reality experiencing this thing. And in this reality, whatever I was thinking would be created as a form. So, there is a connection between thought and, and, and what it is that we generate from thought, and those can be interpreted as metaphors. And those metaphors or those symbols is what I was experiencing in that moment. So that goes all the way back then, and I had rendered it and drew it many, many times. And I was showing, I just sketched it up for this guy, for, mm -hmm. for Bill. And he said to me, I know who that is. I can read your identity through the mandala. You, you should do this. Wow. I remember thinking, I don't know if anybody's had this experience, but sometimes things all like, all, you know, like everything lines up. Yeah. Electricity to it. There's a power to it. It's like, I'm exactly where I need to be. I'm doing exactly what I need to do. And that, and that coming together of something was what was electrifying. My whole spine, I felt like I was going to just jump right out of my skin. <clears throat> and I, and I, I had that experience. And I went, okay, so I'll try, you know, I'll do it. I don't know what this is, but I'll do it. So I started generating them for some people. Now, in the past, I had done things with design work where I was doing like logos and things and they're kind of, but this was so abstract and a lot of times I didn't even know what it was. So I was very much working blindly, which it turns out is really a good thing because if, if you know, when some, if, if I try to do something that is profound, you know, I just end up looking silly. <laughs> you know, if I, if, I, if I just let go and let life tell me what it needs to, what I need to do, things have a way of working out a lot better because I'm not forcing it. You know, it's got to be, it's a more of an allowing to let right. it occur. So I'm, you know, I'm in this, in this experience, I start doing it and people are like, oh my goodness, that's exactly them. That's exactly me. And I, and I thought, How? okay. And I just, all right, I'm going to do something with this. And so one of the things that I find it so fascinating is the images, the, the, the designs, the mandalas, they have their own energy. They have their own reality, if you would. You know, I'm creating them, but I'm doing so like a scribe. So the images come in, they have their own kind of, um, their own will almost, 
okay. personality. They come in, I communicate them. I get a feeling like they're complete, they're alive. And then I show them to people. And then from there, I get to ride the experience of that person and how they, and how they interpret it. And that, by the way, is a real treat. I can't, I can't tell you how much fun it is, how pleasurable it is to do the design and then present it to people and have them tell me what it means to them and have them you know, get into the experience of it. It's such a intimate, incredibly powerful experience because I'm, I'm, I'm laying out, in a way, things about themselves that they may have been uh, not pleased with and showing them in this favorable light and they, and they get it, I think, and then they start celebrating that and it's very, very, very powerful. So I, you know, I, I did a couple of these things, I'm very excited about it, I start showing it to some other people and I'm like, oh my goodness, you gotta show it to the Urban Muse, okay, Urban Muse loves it. You gotta show it to this company, Enlightened Inc. Enlightened Inc. loves it. You gotta show it to Prana. Prana loves it. You got so, so as I'm showing them the designs, and again, I think of the designs as driving force here, the designs kind of like steer the direction of the career path so that things just become out of a, out of a law of attraction, not so much like pushing the promotion, because when I try to push the promotion, it just is, ugh, it's just, people are like, you know, they, it's they don't get it, they don't get it. Yeah. it's forced, and again, the whole process is about allowing, it's like, uh, you know, I go where I need to go, I do what I need to do to get whatever it is that I need to get to go to the next, whatever that happens to be, and maybe I coast here forever, who knows, maybe it takes off, I don't know, but I do trust the process, and I think that that's important, this whole um, uh, experience has been one of letting go and trusting. And I think that for me, maybe the life lesson is that it's also very humbling because again, I don't know how it all works. Um, I think one of the things that was so over the top and beyond was I'm working on a piece and I don't know, most of them have a very strong center. They have like a single center and it's a radius because it's about focus and intention that we get back into our essence or, mm -hmm. you know, back to source. So this one had multiple centers or had two centers and it, and it wasn't, and it was, and it had all these curved lines that make no sense. And I'm looking at this thing and I'm thinking, what is this? Like how, and I, it came in as a little sketch and then I started rendering it out. And as I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, I'm just, sometimes as an intuition plays a role in here and, and, as, and trying for me to make sense of it, obviously. So I go through and I start looking at, I'm thinking star seeds. So I look at star seeds and I look at constellations with star seeds. There's a whole bunch. One of the constellations that I looked at was an exact fit of the design, meaning that it's, uh, it's called the Matariki star system. The stars lined up with the different parts of the mandala. And I went, this is weird. Like how, <laughs> how, how is this happening? You know, how yeah, is this happening? Right. So I, 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 I was I immediately, I, I called them up and I said, does this make any sense to you? You know, and then, and, and, and uh, when, I, when I drilled in a little bit more, it was the Pleiadian stuff. And then when I told them about the Pleiadian, because uh, there's this whole concept about star seeds and, and how they affect, you know, how we're connected to et cetera. And then, so I read off for them the characteristics and they said yes on everything. And it was not just a yes, it was an enthusiastic yes. Wow. And then they got all excited about it and they started doing some research. What I did not know, swear to you, 
is that when um, this person was young, at the age of five, they were visited by a being, um, tall creature, it was very real for them, you know, I believe them, I think it's exactly what they experienced. And when they looked at the starseeds for Pleiadians, Pleiadians for this one, per, one website that, they, that, she, that she was looking into, said that between the ages of five and 11, a person is visited by a being from, you know, to let them know, hey, there's more to you than you realize. So when we're getting into a cosmic awareness, so now we're stepping into the soul level of understanding. It's not just what happened to you in your childhood, it's yeah. what happened in your greater soul self, you know? And that part of the mandalas is continuing to kind of to develop. And that to me is really, really exciting. And again, if I try to, to think like, oh, you know, I think this person's a starseed, so let me make this look like this constellation. It would just be a mess. And, you know, I'm constantly looking up and researching things, like uh, I'll, I'll have a dream about um, uh, some group, and I'll, and I'll think, what are they? <laughs> I'll, I'll learn. It's kind of good that I don't know so much. Uh, another thing that's, that's really interesting is the um, sound. So sound, sound yep. is a big deal, and, and one of the people, part of the group, uh, Ruth Ratliff, is uh, a person who's on board with this, and she's bringing in sound as a way of reinventing the mandala. So that there's a vibrational system to some mandalas that can be also seen as sound. Now, I'm learning this as I go. In, in, in ancient Greece, um, and with Pythagoras, tonalities can also be done mathematically. So the mathematical principles that create a triangle, square, whatever, can also be created into different kinds of pitches. Those pitches create chords that are very healing. When you look at the mandala and you can actually add up those different kinds of sounds, they create a pitch that may actually be designed for that person. Wow. And then what they're looking at is how do we take um, using, um, I think it's uh, symptology. Sim, 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 there's a... Uh, uh, there's a machine that actually takes um, uh, medical grade water. You hit a sound with it and it creates a vibration, it creates a shape. And we're trying to create a baseline of what healthy shape would be and then build upon that. So this is something that's just currently in development. But people get excited about it when they see it and then they all want to kind of run with it. Even with the jewelry, um, I was, it was suggested that I meet with a, with a woman, a couple in Chester, New Jersey. And they were busy but they were interested mm -hmm. and they said that they're really too busy. They can't really, you know, get to something right now. And then when they looked at them, they were immediately excited. And then two of the pieces, they're in the process of developing. Wow. The same thing was true with the woodworking. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, uh, April for Linson, she is connected to uh, Prana. Uh, Prana found out about it through, um, uh, through the muse, Miss Holly, Holly, uh, Alian um, Edge, she's part of, uh, she's like the, my go-to crystal advisor. Great okay. friend too. Anyway, so she connected and then April has this relative who's a, who works with wood and he actually is able to translate the, the SVG files into something that can be routed into different materials and we're gonna be meeting uh, tomorrow. So this is just, I just began this in October, November of last year. So this is, it has a pulse and a life. Yes, yeah, ballooning. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Just stay with it. So um, 
the, the, the process has its own kind of momentum. I'm just trying to keep up. Uh, there is um, another person too, uh, who's gonna be working with movement. Um, uh, Cause movement and sound are, you know, they're very connected. Yeah. And, uh, this is uh, for, um, um, I'm going to be Teresa D'Angelo. So she's, I'm going to be do, showing her. Another member, yeah. Another member, right. Teresa. Member, yeah. So I'm going to show it with her and then hers, within her mandala are seven chakras. And I think each of those chakras then would be developed into a mandala that would then correlate to some kind of movement exercise that would help people energetically heal. Mm. Uh, and uh, kind of revitalize them. And even that is in this experimental stage. So basically what we're trying to do here is come up with healthy systems, make them into something that can be understood easily and then measurable in the sense of, you know, um, how that it's working for them or not. So by creating the system that they can then say, oh, do you got the right pitch? No, because, through, because um, 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 when they're doing the, uh, the exercise or the sound or whatever it is, we want to be able to show that movement too in a way that can then let them know, yes, this is the right movement, try this one. And all of this being done intuitively, uh, so we'll see. So- um, Are mandalas, um, do other people do these? Is it something you've created and you- I've never seen that? anything. Well, yeah. the Tula mandala is something that, um, best suits it but okay. you could use the term you could use the term like um it, like some people refer to them as pennsylvania dutch hex symbols as protection spells there it it has many different ways of being defined i say that because it seems to be the most accurate but the the um there is nothing like this I've, I've looked, I've looked and looked and looked and I don't see anybody does it. Normally what happens in a traditional mandala, it is a circle. It is based on a sacred geometry, very much sticking to the flower of life or the tree of life and some other symbols. Mm -hmm. um, there's a thing called the Metatron's cube, which learned about, didn't know about that either when I started this. And the Metatron's cube is kind of like the format that creates all of these other things. And most people just take those ideas, I mean, they're beautiful, they, but they basically are basically the same thing. You take that idea, they'll replace the interior of it or the exterior of it, they'll rework it a little bit. But these things are all different. Sometimes the shapes are completely you know, they have asymmetry to them, or they're, they're um, a, a shape that looks more like a fleur-de-lis, or, um, you know, maybe looks like a kind of a shield, or a flower, or it, it, it's not in the same strict, predictable structure, I guess is the best way to describe it. Like everyone has their own personal logo. Their brand, yeah. Their, yeah, yeah. And it's so personalized to their identity, their energy, their who they absolutely, are. Absolutely, absolutely. I just, I just did one for, you know, I haven't presented to her yet, but I was asking this woman, I said, look, I said, I'm doing this design. And, and she, you know, she's, you know, she's atheist. She's like, yeah, I'm just like, so, but I'm saying, what is going on with the design? I said, I'm getting this Holy Trinity thing going on and I'm getting this Germanic thing going on. And, you know, what is that about? And she said, I don't know. And she was, you know, she really didn't. And then she thought about it and she went, oh, my grandfather was a bishop. Okay. Oh. And so my sweet. grandparents both came from Germany. Well, there you go. You know what I mean? People don't think about the influences yeah. that play on their conscious. Yeah. 
and they and they 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 it kind of goes subterranean and then it wears at them in a certain way because maybe there's some issue connected to it or some kind of thing that they're working on and they and then when it's exposed in the light of whatever this shape happens to uh, let loose for them or remind them of it's healing because then it's out you know it's not like this thing that's being repressed you know you it's, feel your, I'm sorry go ahead. But that 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 to me that kind of that kind of you know that kind of breathing out the stuff so that you can breathe in new good stuff is really a, a very part of the healing of this. Do you feel you're tapping into their like super conscious their spirit their yeah, size or are you being told? Yeah, I think I think I think I'm tapping into their spirit, and one of the reasons I know this is, or I think that this has validity. Some people are easy. They're very open, they want it, they're like right there, like, yeah. come on, let's do this thing. And it's just boom, done, out. Some people who would who I would have thought, oh, they're, you know, they're a healer. They would be totally open and to no. And I'll and I'll and I have to wrench and work and work and work. <laughs> it's like I can see the foggy image in the distance. Then I have yeah. to cross the field and the swamp to get there and see it. And psychically and intuitively, I work until I figure out, because I'll be like, wait a second, something's still missing here. Like I'm missing an element. There's a design element or a color or something that's not right. Then, uh, you know, two o'clock in the morning. Whoop, <laughs> um, <laughs> New dream. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> One of the other things that I just find is so kind of fascinating because I just don't think this way is there are people who are afraid. And I'm like, why would you be afraid of your own beauty? But there are. And people are afraid, like I'm gonna find out like they have cancer or some horrible dire thing. But they but what they're what they don't what I think is hard to see sometimes in our shame and in um, how it is that we may like be diminishing ourselves. Mm. That, Underneath all of that is our truth. Underneath all of whatever it is that someone told us that wasn't true about yeah. us or whatever is our reality. And that's the part that inviolate beauty that's just part of our soul self that comes out. Yeah, it's just like people that don't get readings for the same reason. They don't want to be- Exactly, exactly. They're like, oh my God. They feel like, like it's using a Ouija board and tapping into a bad yeah. side or okay. unleashing something. Off. Yeah. yeah. All the mm -hmm. same belief system. Mm -hmm. so, so do people, do you think, have one symbol their whole life? Do you think it's changing at different points in their life as they become and grow different people? Well, you know, it's kind of like lessons, right? So there might be a global lesson for the soul self that where the person at a very deep kind of contractual way, I come into this world because I want to deal with my ability to speak my mind or... You know, I want to be able to face a particular fear, whatever that might be. So there's a general one that can be applied throughout. And then there are specific nuances to it that change. Like I did one for um, somebody, you know, and I had done it. It looks kind of like um, like a cat, but, but it's very cute. But there's a, there's a part of it, their energy underneath all of that that's more intense. And I can see already in my mind that that's kind of where they're going, that they need to bring that part out. Um, since they are fairly general, uh, even though they do bring up specific references, 
they do last for a long time, but there are some, there are some shifts that sometimes occur, like within consciousness where people go a different direction, like, they, like someone changes careers, for example. Yeah. yeah. Then, yes, it's applicable because the soul, so. Grows. What? The soul grows. The soul is continuing learning to express itself in a more total way. And there's points of, of uh, ascension or of expansion where right. the expansion is so great that that person is next, ready for that next level. At that point of awareness is when things kick in and then they're able to get, then at that point it would be appropriate to revisit it and say, hey, you know, you got that down. You got, you got abundance, you know, you're making millions. Let's move on to next thing. Gotcha. So just as people could have them, uh, communities could have them, companies yes. could have them because they all have their own personality and culture. Yes. 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 Energy, I would suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, I did one for a company and I actually, I, I was working on it and I called them and I said, look, please figure out your staffing. And they're like, why? And they, first of all, how did I know that? That was their biggest question. <laughs> Because <laughs> they thought maybe someone told me something, you know. I was like, no, I swear to you, didn't know. Um, but uh, I said, I can't get the mandala because you keep changing your mind. You have like this many employees, and you have this many employees, you have this kind of management setup, now you got this management setup. I don't, ugh. I, you know, I, I can only work once they've decided right. what they want to do because mm -hmm. they need to commit to it. You know, when a person makes it, makes, so... This is uh, when a person makes a, a, a commitment to an action, they lay out a, a probability in that commitment that can then be um, expressed uh, in the design. But they have to have some kind of, uh, when it comes to groups at least, this is particularly true, they have to have some sort of agreement as to some focus, otherwise the design can't have that kind of focus, if that makes any sense. Yeah. The person themselves is always going to have some focus because they're one soul done easy. But when you got like seven, eight, ten people and you got maybe something that's not working out or something that's not quite there, then it has to be ready for them to do that. And then I can kind of like, oh, yeah, got it and I can render it. And then it makes sense, you know, then it, and, and, and as it then kicks back to them, they're like, oh my goodness, yes, this, 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 this is quite uh, understandable now. But yeah, you could do it for an organization, you could do it for, you know, I think anything because symbols are infinite. I mean, obviously all major religions have a symbol. Uh, all, uh, yeah. most cultures have a symbol. Right. Symbols are very, you know, man and his symbols, uh, a big Jungian, I love it that exists for a reason right. um, and and because it is it, when I'm doing this kind of work words really are insufficient you know words like these metaphors of metaphors they they seem exact and they seem like really sophisticated tools and they are beautiful and yes there's a lot to them but symbols sometimes can address like a picture's worth a thousand words they can they can they can say more right they can do more because what they were doing is they're going into your emotional state. They're not going into your, you know, reading analytical state. It's the, the design of the, the purpose of the knowledge to trigger an emotional response. Right. Art, art hopefully does that. Just kind of gets past the, 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 the judgment part of, you know, like, um, you know, or the analytical, the controlling brain part and get into the feeling part. So that's usually with people where the work 
is, is needed. And most people, you know, with the, their brains are very well defended and guarded and, you know, they've got their egos attached to their dogma and all that stuff. And that pay, and there's a price that gets paid for that because life is not a fixed thing. And as it continues to shift and move, their consciousness has to adapt to that. Otherwise, they get dragged through life. So this part this brain here, you know, is a terrible leader. It's a, you know, this should be the leader. Your soul should be the leader. This yeah. is the implementer of whatever this decides. But when this is making all the decisions, bad things can happen. <laughs> yeah, I get that. <laughs> I That's one of the things, again, for me in, in this and in anything, is to maintain humility and to be teachable. And to say, you know, would be honest, like, I don't know, I, or, I, I'm discovering this as I go, you know, and not to say, well, as the authority on mandalas, you know, I mean, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. So um, what else can you add that I have not asked questions about? Any Anything else that we could know that people are listening to? I, I think that the part, I think that the part is really interesting is that when uh, this is for anybody who's doing this so the personal growth aspect of doing something like this even though it's you know terrifying yeah is great i think anybody who does and follows something that nurtures their soul that is intimate that requires honesty and i and i mean deep rooted from the gut from your heart honesty is going to succeed in the sense of even if they don't have the money necessarily, or maybe the recognition or whatever the other trappings are that the ego says so important, yeah. they're getting some kind of um, value of who they are. I'm a big advocate of this. The value fulfillment of what they're uniquely gifted in doing, they get to get that out of them and give a voice to it. That's why I think so many people are frustrated because they're like, they're waiting for that ship to come in or that person to come in or that job to come in and then it's all gonna be great. Well, maybe, but I, I, I think that it really comes from within us, that we listen to that silent voice within. It's one of the, uh, one of the affirmations on one of the dolls I did recently. And that we let that express itself and take us where it goes. And the rest is just surrendering and letting go, which is hard to do. A lot of people talk about it. <laughs> Can't make the money for the rent. Yes. So then it gets real. <laughs> Everybody goes through it no matter what level. Yeah, I always find myself. You've seen it, that Like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then it's like, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> you know? And it's just like, yeah. okay, you're working too hard. You have to start allowing. You have to start yeah, allowing. Yeah. Allowing is yeah. key. And I think that no matter. Uh, and I was just talking to someone about this the other day. With success, greater challenges, because now you know. So. Um, as challenges become, um, uh, as a person becomes more and more like engaged in more different kinds of areas, right? right. So now they're, they're not just interacting with one person, maybe they're interacting with a thousand, 10,000 of those. So now the potential kind of fallout and conflict and, you know, like, am I doing the right thing? Oh my goodness, they all disapprove. What am I? All of that can create some real strife and people um, get really hung up on that then and get attached. And so I think the attachment, you know, this is uh, in Buddhism, attachment is the source of all suffering. So the attachment part of it has to kind of let go. But even, so even in that 
aspect of this kind of role, there's a lesson of, of surrender, letting go, and trust, which is at the heart of so much of life lessons, I think. Certainly for me, it's true. Yeah, for everybody, I would assume yeah. it's true. Yeah. Well, yes. terrific. Well, thank you, Lee, so much for jumping on our member spotlight and being a part of this interview today. Thanks for if having me. People really are watching this later on, and they will. How do they get in touch with you? Well, they can reach me by the um, uh, Instagram, which is soulful underscore mandalas. So S-O-U-L-F-U-L underscore M-A-N-D-A-L-A-S. Or uh, I have a website, www.soulfulmandalas.com. And in there, you get a whole overview of the process. And then there's a telephone number in there and all sorts of other things you want to get. And email addresses, et cetera. So, Terrific. There you go. And um, for those of you watching later on, um, all of these contact information will be below in our show notes. So you can take a look there too. Um, and he's always on our business directory at the Natural Life Business Partnership. So thank you, Lee, for joining us today. Appreciate it. Being a part of our member spotlight. Thank you for joining me today on NLBP TV video podcast for the Natural Life Business Partnership. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about our professional community, the Natural Life Business Partnership, and to become a member, go to www.thenaturallife.org. Part of membership is to join us live at these tapings, plus have access to unlisted material and a closed professional community specifically for the holistic entrepreneur. Follow us for free on Facebook. I look forward to our next episode. Bye-bye.